The art for this episode is credit to Artsy Marxist. Please follow her on YouTube and on Twitter for more wonderful artsy things and occasionally hot leftist takes. Also, she's crafting a wonderful intro for this podcast, so please uh, keep in touch and we'll um, hopefully have the intro on to uh, future episodes. Welcome to the Mongols Podcast. I'm your host, Samwise J. Morgatstern, and this is my friend, Madison. Howdy-ho. <laughs> and here we are to cover segment two of our cover of their Chagatayids, otherwise known as I Will Survive. <laughs> I Will Survive. <laughs> and this is mainly known as I Will Survive because uh, the Chagatayids uh, are actually, technically speaking, the longest surviving of the various uh, Mongol successor states, like just starting from like the original uh five-ish uh, Hanates, so they like basically survive everyone who either gets uh, conquered or assimilated, and somehow they're just still there in one form or another right up until like the 1700s, so wow. <laughs> wow, indeed. Yep, and we're currently uh, going through a big primary source, uh, courtesy of my friend the Jackmeister. And this is known as the Tariq E. Rashidi by Mirza Muhammad Haidar Duglat. He is a general for the Chagatayids and a governor of uh, Kashmir during the 16th century. And during this period, the his uh, the region that he's governing is actually known as uh, Mangalai Suya, which and it's right around like the easternmost reaches of the Chagatai Hanate, otherwise uh, known as uh, Xinjiang Province. And that's so we're, so we're right around this general purpose area when it comes to our geography on our author. Now, I know that's going to come into a lot of uh, heat uh, to, uh, with modern politics because uh, everybody's talking about the Uyghurs. I am not a source on the Uyghurs, so I'd say um, just Google the stuff and you'll probably be much better off than trying to listen to me. Get it. Gotcha, gotcha. Sometimes you got to do your own research, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so just – so just so just really go on there and uh, and I'm not going to get into the whole argument on what is exactly going on there in Xinjiang. So, anyways, this uh, region uh, in the in uh, the eastern Jagatayids is actually known uh, in this time period as the Turpan Hanate. And this, along with the Yarkantanate, actually split off from the Timurid Empire during the 1460s and the 1480s. The rulers are also known as sultans. This is obviously a big reference to the fact that they have a very large Muslim population, probably a majority. And like most... Uh, and like most uh, primary source works on Mongol history, you begin your work by praising your bosses. Well, you know, to make it to the top, you got to kiss a lot at the bottom. <laughs> oh, yes, this is a lot of kissing. <laughs> and we start with tracing uh, everything, <clears throat> with tra starting off on the book, uh, like... Uh, with Tuglak Timur Khan, and he lived and reigned during the mid-14th century. 
and this is and this goes all the way through uh, and this tracing all goes all the way through uh, Chinggis's ancestors as well so there's a lot of different people to go through and then we get to uh, Tulak Timur's uh, predecessor uh, Sambuka Han who unfortunately had no plan for succession and just died Yep, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse, but maybe also leave some kids around so that you have a successful empire after you die. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Except uh, you might. Except this is uh, the Chingasid, so you might want to add in a lot of alcohol as well. Alcohol, yeah, I love drinky drinky. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that more Chinggis uh, and Aerith haven't uh, wandered out of their tents drunk and died. Oh, man. <laughs> like, seriously, we have currently... I've looked through the history books, and I've tried to find others, but so far we only have one Chinggis and Prince who actually, somehow, who actually died of alcoholism. Wow. Which is impressive, considering how drunk they've gotten. <laughs> Like it always seems like, oh my goodness, how much boo how much more boost can they take? Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, no. Um you gotta party like a rock star or party like a Well, one of these guys. <laughs> Any rock star should party like them. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> that might actually get you killed more quickly than a rock star. <laughs> But anyways, uh, back to the whole uh, chaos in the Chagatai Hanate. So there's a whole bunch of chaos on people fighting over who is going to be the next Han. And uh, one... Who wants to be the next... <laughs> so, yep, that's all right. So they, so there's an ancestor of the author by the name of Bulaji Duglat, and he decides, I am going to go on a noble quest to find the heir to Asambuka by sending my friend Tasher Timur to continue finding the heir. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it works for him. Yep, and they and after a great deal of searching and lots of infighting in the Hanate, they finally find uh, one of Esambuka's uh, sons by this one uh, um, by this one woman named uh, Manlik, and this is the future Tuglak Timur. And uh, and Tuglak Timur is uh, brought back to the. Chagatai court, and while on route, they nearly lose him after he falls down a fissure in the ice. That's hey, a close call. No, not that guy. No, that, I mean, you get there and you get the instant cold shoulder. Cold shatter, <laughs> I should say. Indeed. So, uh, along the so as shortly after they arrive in court and make Tugalak Timur the hot... A sheikh meets uh, Tuglak Timur on a hunting party, and they persuade, uh, and the sheikh uh, persuades uh, Tuglak Timur to actually free a Tajik, uh, one of the locals, and 
and the sheikh is uh, declines a horse offer through him because it is considered dirty by him and oh, he man, he looked the gift horse in the mouth you're not supposed to do that <laughs> well he eventually decides i'm going to i'm going to take this horse but not before i put a handkerchief on the saddle before i mount <laughs> one of those guys, but he's a guy who likes to keep things clean. Yes, very much so. And, uh, and, uh, and Tuglak is uh, convinced by the sheikh to promise to convert to Islam. And with that, the sheikh kind of dies with a bit of a smile on his face because he's like, great, he's going to convert soon. I guarantee it. And a little bit of time passes by and eventually the sheikh's son arrives at Tuglak Timur's um, court and he pleads with Tuglak Timur, please convert to Islam, we'd love to have you. And the and Tuglak Timur's like, well, I suppose I did make a promise to your dad, so I guess I'll do it. So he converts and he prepares for a campaign in Mawara Anar. And this is basically uh, right, uh, right around like uh, northeastern Persia, and this is also uh, sometimes known as, I believe, uh, Khorasan. And uh, this, Khorasan. at least during this time period. <laughs> oh, okay, not that Khorasan, the other Khorasan. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Star Wars one, my friend. Oh my goodness, I'm terrible. <laughs> I should know this kind of stuff. Star Wars, Star Wars. Come on, come on, man. Star Wars is your bag. You <laughs> oh, this is and too true. one thing you like as much as this. <laughs> yeah, that is too true. And that and Percy Jackson. And Percy Jackson, which is, uh, God bless Rick Riordan. Or God's bless, considering. <laughs> Lots and of God's blessing that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but back to, back to our story. Yep. And so the so the camp and this is uh, for reference uh, right next to the the residence of one uh, prince by the name of Timor Lang, otherwise known as Hammer Lane. And yes, he's he's been on he's been covered on this podcast before, and he is a very brutal person, even by Mongol standards. Like this guy makes Mongols quiver. It's like what in the heck did you do down there? Like seriously, one time he was on campaign and um, I believe it was uh, India, and he encountered an army with a whole bunch of elephants in tow. So his solution to uh, get, uh, take care of the elephants was basically to send a whole bunch of burning camels at the elephants. Wow, people just don't like like to send burning other animals at elephants because the Romans did the same thing, but they set pigs on fire. Yep. <laughs> That's actually like the big secret weapon, supposedly, against elephants. Just set a bunch of pigs on fire. And I'm just like, why are you doing all these things? You said burning. Like, I bet the elephants don't know what the pigs are, and they, now they're on fire. And the pigs are shrieking at the top of their lungs because they're on fire. I know. It's terrible animal oh, cruelty. At least it's better than what they did to the horses. Well, I believe I, it was the Romans when, the, when they caught somebody on horseback. And they were the horses were giving them trouble. They would take dogs and they would give them spiked harnesses and make the dogs run under the horse. And you know what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna spook the horse. Or scratch him. The dog would disem 
disembowel the horse with the spikes on its harness. Ew. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's and the poor horse is probably already having a bad time because horses are kind of skittish, so it's like yeah, fair. Get the rider, not the horse. The horse doesn't want to be there in the first place. This is too true, too true, too true. Yeah. But the Mongols. But let's get back to our story once again. Just make sure we're staying on topic. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, this can this campaign uh, goes along very successfully, mostly because nobody really has enough of an army to compete with the Chagatites. Timur decides to surrender his realm to Tuglak Timur, and uh, and Tuglak Timur does uh, a bit more campaigning in the area, and he's specifically wiping out a few other princes in the area like Bazid Jalair and Haji Barlas, and they're taken care of. And another uh, prince, uh, Humor's future sort of frenemy, uh, is forced to flee. And in the meantime, our good friend Tulak Timor, he goes to Samarkand. And he expects some betrayal from some, uh, from some of his uh, men. He specifically finds out a certain Bayan Saldu, so he takes care of him. And he kills some other disloyal people, and he rewards his son Ilias Quaja and uh, his and Timur Lang with a lot of territory. Wow, a magical time at summer camp. <laughs> yes, a magical time at summer camp with a lot of execution of anybody who may or may not be disloyal to you. It's wonderful. I uh, you know it's a good team building activity because whoever's <laughs> left will be on your team or die. Yep. <laughs> So and and shortly after Tuglak Timur leaves to go home, uh, Hussein returns to the area, and this is just a wonderful timely arrival for Hussein because uh, Tuglak Timur actually just died. Yeah, he's twenty four. Really live fast, die hard, <laughs> or die young. <laughs> and how did he go? Uh, actually, I don't think my uh, source specified. <laughs> But considering everything, oh, but considering everything, I'm pretty sure I can blame alcohol. Yeah, that's fair. Because uh, this is the Chingasids. Uh, they usually have a drinking problem, unless you're the women for some reason. I don't know how you get. I don't know how you gals do it, but for whatever reason, you keep out the booze and you're good. Um, and you're good about staying off of it. Eh, you figure. My guess is, my guess is they were just on about it, but, uh, well, I don't know, they were drinking kumis. Uh, <laughs> maybe we just have higher standards. I don't know. True. Because remember, every, everybody likes to say women don't drink until you meet your vodka aunt and your wine mom, so. That is too true. And anyways, uh, Timor is uh, happy that Hussein is back in the area, so they get together and start uh, forming plans, and they get another prince on board by the name of Boldai, and they and, and they start seizing power in the area, and their camp is in a place called Bada Kashao. And they and the and the local princes uh and the local princes in that area they. And they go, and they go to Timur, and they ask to him to take down uh, Tugluk Saldus, and they manage to, and they manage to do that pretty easily. 
and then they hear about some uh, some other trouble some other trouble uh, from some other people in the area, and so they and so uh, Timur sends Amir Musa with about five hundred men to a stone bridge, and basically their plan their plan there is that they basically like light a whole bunch of campfires to basically say we have a lot more guys than we actually do. And basically, like, everybody's like, holy crap, Timur has a giant army, we might as well run. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's, they, lots of people have done this maneuver before, yeah. Yeah. The, you guys, you know who else does this maneuver? Who? Zebras. <laughs> oh. Uh, zebras, well, you know why they have stripes, right? Uh, go on. <laughs> it's to confuse predators, but, but they do that because uh, the stripes make them blend into each other, so a lion can't pick one out. It makes it look like there's more zebras than there actually is sometimes. And so it gets confusing in the lion, if the lion or, or other animal, although the lions are their main predators, sometimes leopards, um, can't pick out a zebra, he might miss and end up catching the hook to the face. Or she might miss if, we, if we're talking lions, considering... Right, the because... Right, yeah. the, the female lines yeah, do most and, of the hunting. And then, and then cats do something similar on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You know, they, they'll puff up, they'll make themselves look bigger, they'll shriek, they'll hiss like a snake. That's why cats hiss, is to make themselves look like snakes. Right. And most animals are afraid of snakes. Yep. Uh, and I've seen cats chase away bears. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes sometimes your best defense is to look scarier than you really are. It's a tried and true statement in both both war and nature. Yep, this is um, this is a tactic that's going to keep on showing up, and I like to call this a sort of a bluff like Belisarius. He's a great Byzantine general, mostly known, and this is kind of like his primary trick. He makes sure that he looks a lot bigger than he actually is, and everybody's kind of freaked out. And then they don't notice that a whole bunch of professional Roman soldiers have showed up and started to whoop your butt. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you do how you do. Yep, and so they so they went at the stone bridge, and they started approaching another part of uh, Coruscant known as uh, Kulaga, and the locals there begged for protection from uh, what is known as Jata. This is actually the Chagatayats. So naturally, Tim so naturally, uh, so naturally, Timur's uh, army uh, decides to get some leafy branches to start kicking up dust. And this is basically to show that the, this is basically to um, once again exaggerate the numbers of cavalry that they have in the area. So naturally, uh, Jata starts thinking that Timur has a lot more horsemen than he actually does. So they decide to leave. And uh, Timur, yep. And Timur decides to go to bed, and he's happy for a little while because, well, he won a bunch of victories, he's got a bunch of people behind him, and uh, God shows up to him in a dream, and he's like, Hey, Timur! Yeah? It's God! What do you want me to do, God? Uh, there's this guy by the name of Ilyas Quaja. Yeah, I know. I'm technically serving him, but sort of not serving him. How about you just kill him? And... Timur's like, are you crazy? His army is way too big. And God's like, just trust me, Timur. You will win. <laughs> God, you gotta, he had the power of God. And, well, anime won't be invented for several centuries, but he had the power of God at least. <laughs> Indeed. 
So basically, so basically, Timor's like, all right, if God believes that I can win, then I will do my best. So he basically goes out there with his army and challenges Ilias Quaja, and it's a very difficult fight, but eventually he wins. He captures Ilias Quaja, and he he and Hussein uh, they meet and they give each other high fives over the new victory. And they appoint a puppet over the Chagataheads in the meanwhile that they're hopefully trying to enforce. And uh, this guy is named Kabil Shan Oglun. And there's a little bit of less rating, more administration in this very short time period, like maybe like a few months. And uh, in the meantime, the Chekatayids are trying to uh, are trying to get back Ilias Quaja, and so they keep on attacking. And so they attack, and they lose, and then they try to go after Samarkand, which is right around where Timur is. And unfortunately, just as they reach the area, uh, they catch a giant horse plague, and they're forced to leave. What's that? So, like, the horses apparently got a giant, like, epidemic of whatever is going on there, and it's killing them off. Oh, no, they had hoof and mouth. Okay. <laughs> no, that was, that, like, I bet, I bet if, if uh, there were veterinarians back then, they would have known what had happened. <laughs> they would have been like, yeah, that's totally horse rot. I don't know. I don't know horses. I, I'm better with cats and dogs. That's that's my area of expertise. Yep. Especially cats, but... Um, horses super important to the the Mongols, aren't are, are they not? Um, yep, they're horse archers. They're horse archers, and it's back then that's how you get around. Some people debate nowadays, now and then, which animal is more important to the founding of human civilization, the horse or the dog? The argument goes that the horse was more useful in the long run because transportation is what got humans moving around. Yeah. But having a dog, we would have never domesticated the horse because we wouldn't know how. Dogs taught us how to bring animals into our lives. By we were like, hey, we brought this wolf into our house, and now the wolf is keeping the bears away. This is awesome. We should do this with other animals. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's genius. People go back and forth about this. That's why people go back and forth. Some say, yeah, but the dog in the long run, the, the dogs are useful. They didn't actually aid aid civilization that much besides give, teaching us how to domesticate animals. And then people are like, yes, but you can always give give reverence to your predecessors. So people go back and forth on that one. I think I'll give preference to the dog on this one because, well, I mean, like, it guards your food. It's an extra food source when you really, really are desperate. And it leads to domesticating other animals. That's pretty awesome. Yep, it does keep you safe and it teaches you how to how to get some more friends. It's a bit like Pokemon, except <laughs> you don't make them fight unless you're the Romans and then you do that. Oh. Uh, because, <laughs> I'm sorry, I saw someone say, try to make an argument. Oh, that's just dog fighting. I'm like, sweetie, people have been doing this for since since the beginning of time. I don't think a few guys from Japan making a video game are going to make people make the dogs fight any more than they already are. Yep. Also, yep, indeed. So there's so anyways, the horse plague forces the forces the Chagatai army to leave the area, and 
and Timor decides to send some send some recon into the into uh, more targeted territory. And in the meantime, Ilias Quaja dies in captivity. And oh, man. oof. Oh man, I can remember when that happened to the Tasmanian Tiger. It was very sad. Oh yeah. Sorry, sorry. That's a that's a silly joke. It's all right. I got it. Captivity. Oh man. Seriously, you're you you somehow managed to get your leader to put a to shove a butt to shove a butt plug up his you know what sees to own the libs and I'm just like wait what? <laughs> All right, that's trying to get. I mean, though I agree with you, Yanos. That is very silly. Let's make sure we stay on topic here. I don't know how uh, now. Now once again, I'm with you on this one. That I don't. If you're so proud, then I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, last time I checked, being proud. Stuff as well, not just pride, but which I realize is a bit not quite how sports work, but you know what I mean. Yep. But this is not that kind of podcast. This is a podcast about the Mongols, so we got better get back to the Mongols. Yep. And so Timur uh, decides to try to get in on the succession crisis and prop up his puppet. And unfortunately, while he's trying to raid in the area, a storm thwarts him in that uh, short campaign. So he goes back home and he's like, and he's going to be like, all right, um, let's try again in just a little bit. So he waits, um, so waits until a new campaign season, and he sends his no uh, friend uh, Zada Jahangir to recon. And in the and the local commander in the area, Kamaruddin, he's like, this is Timur. That's uh, probably bad news. So I'm going to try to withdraw and hopefully find a more suitable battlefield. But Zada Jahangir uh, forces him onto a battle and basically uh, takes him down. And Kamaruddin's family is captured. And Timur uh, celebrates. Uh, gets oh, no. a. Yep. Timur uh, gets some drinks all around, and he's like, also, um, Kamaruddin has a very hot daughter, so I'm going to marry her. Oh, man, this is, this is some, that's not great. <laughs> well, it's not, I hope. it's not great for the daughter, it's great for Timur, though. That's fair, that's fair, it is great for Timur. <laughs> that is some, that is some, uh. And it's, that is some classic storytelling there. I mean, and, and, and though it is history, you know how it always goes. Yep. I don't suppose there's a plumber in blue overalls coming to save her, is there? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, 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 that's a stupid joke. That's another stupid one. But... Yep. Yep. And uh, and Jahangir keeps on advancing further into further into Jagatai territory. And he and, and they win at at Kermina, and Timur is happy about this, so he kills some more people opposing him. And Kamara then tries to get another army and beat Timur, 
but Timor once again takes him down. And he, and he's happy. He gets a victory. He has drinks all around. And then uh, he asks, uh, how's my son Jahangir doing? Uh, 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 Timor? Yeah, we hate to break this to you. Your son's dead. Ouch. So Timor is like, why? <laughs> so he's... We now know what his least favorite kind of tomato is. <laughs> what do you mean? Son died. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's terrible. Madison. It's awful. It's awful. I know. I'm sorry. Well, it's sorry. a good thing Timor is dead. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing he's been dead for several hundred years. Yeah, he also... Thousands. In hundreds, mostly. And it's a good thing that... Uh, <laughs> dead with numbers, okay? Yep. And it's a good thing, too. And... He also died in one of the weirdest ways I can ever imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, actually, it doesn't show up in this book, uh, at least from uh, not from what I've researched so far. This is actually this is actually stuff I've covered in a previous episode. Basically, he was trying to conquer China, and while he was in the Himalayas, and while he was in the Himalayas, he apparently drank too much ice water and like got a cold or something and died. <laughs> Oh man, now, now that's that's why folks, you always ask for the tap. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. No, no, man, that, that is that is that is well, well, I've seen I've heard of weirder. Remember Napoleon Bonaparte, Bonaparte, whatever. He died of lead poisoning because he got stuck and locked in a house on an island for the rest of his days. Yeah, is that a letter? Oh yeah, it's, oh then, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Yeah, and, that... then, and then like, although this is though though not a horrible dictator, there there's a theory that you know how uh, the, the Amelia Ear, Amelia Earhart went. Though they the assumption is the most likely Occam's razor answer is she did they crashed on an island and they made it out. They, the reason they couldn't find the remains, some people state, is because there was coconut crabs on the island. Coconut crabs? Uh, look it up. They're <laughs> terrifying. They're huge, uh, and they are. Like most crabs, omnivores, and they—I'm not saying they killed Amelia Earhart, but they did dispose of the body very efficiently. And her good friend. The theory is that they that that, that uh, these guys—the reason they, we can't find her is because somewhere in the ocean, in with little crab chewing marks on them, are her bones. That's kind of horrifying, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no, don't don't mess with coconut crabs. They'll eat you. <laughs> yep. They're tiny. Laws. Yep. Anyways, back to the Mongols. So, so the. So, anyways, uh, so, I guess as a sort of coping mechanism, Timur decides to send another raid into Chagatai lands, and he has a nice, successful pillage party. In the meantime, he gets a wonderful new guest by the name of, of Totemish. He is actually a guest from the no a guest from Russia. In my manner of speaking, like he is in the Mon he's from the Mongol parts of Russia. He's a distant heir to uh, one of the one of the Hanes down there. I believe it's known as the Blue Horde, and that's like a, a that's like an offshoot of the Khanate of the Golden Horde, Blue which Horde, is huh? don't tell that to Warcraft fans. <laughs> I think they're I think they might already know, but whatever. But anyway, so. 
And so Totemish is down there because uh, I got kicked out of my home and I'm looking for a place to stay, maybe some men to help me along. And Timur is like, well, I just got a pillage. I just got a good, nice, successful pillage raid. I got some guys around me. I say, uh, stay as long as you need to, my friend. And Tokamish is like, sounds good to me. And so they remain friends for a very short little while. Although, as we, as some people who may have listened to this podcast before know, uh, this friendship is going to end very badly, mostly for Tokamish. So, anyways, uh, in the meantime, we're we're going to ask for status on uh, Kamarudin, the local the local Chakatai commander, and uh, he's dead. And in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, Timur decides to appoint a new Han in the a, a new uh, Han for the Chagatides, and this is uh, Kizir Kwaja. Kizir Kwaja is appointed, and he marries a woman by the name of Tavak uh, Kanim, and he is uh, but and this goes on for a short little while, and he is. Succeeded by a certain Muhammad, and he, and he, and he built some stuff, and then his, and then his maternal nephew uh, Vais uh, Han is uh, serving him in the meantime, and the author is a distant de- descendant of, I believe, Vais Han on his uh, father's side. And uh, and Amir Said Ali, he uh, he's in the area, so he's going to marry his uh, son to Isambuka Han's uh, daughter. And and so he and so he does that. And meanwhile, while he's uh, enjoying the wedding premises, he looks upon uh, the daughter of uh, Mirza of Mirza Shahrukh, who is actually uh, Timur's uh, successor. Of sorts, after a after Timur dies trying to conquer China, and his uh, sons and grandsons can fight a whole bunch load over his empire. So he basically asks her out, although he's probably a little old. And uh, and she refuses him. And and he uh, but and he is uh, thrown in prison. And he nearly dies of dysentery. Oh man, that's, that's a horrible way to go. Damn, it's a good thing he avoided it. Well, yeah, he just narrowly dodged death, and apparently that was thanks to Kumis. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't be, have been dysentery. Maybe he should have been leaving Terry alone. <laughs> that's putting it mildly. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, and then he escapes and he goes back to uh, Coruscant, and he is disguised um, and he's disguised among the Kalandar uh, uh, caravan. And uh, Ve- and Vais Han has fallen on hard times, so he decides to become a bandit, and some people rally to him, and he and and Vais Han evades his uncle until his death. And then he takes over for a little while, and but he has some problems in battle, and uh, Amir Said Ali actually saves his butt, so they become friends for a little while, and then and then briefly and then briefly I believe Vaisi is captured by a certain Izan Taishu, 
and for reference, that's basically uh, and basically that's uh, Islam prime Islam the uh, believe a disloyal prime minister basically, because that's what Taishu means. He's a prime minister, and well, he isn't very good at his job, so he's just betraying his Hans. Yay. <laughs> Yep, so his, gonna be good. Yep, and anyways, as Ransom, uh, Vayus's uh, sister, Maktum Kanim, is Ransom. And base, and so basically, she sent, uh, she, she sent, and uh, she gets married to get, uh, and to, and to get him free, and basically, he goes, and basically, he goes back. And then we go, and then we go to Amir Kudaid, who who lives in the area, and he's a and he's one of the many princes that serves Vayishan, and he lives a very long life, about ninety years. And he's not particularly rich, but he's apparently fairly good at working miracles. He apparently wanted to go on Hajj or or pilgrimage to Mecca, but uh, Vayishan uh. Declines because he's like, uh, just don't go. I don't, I don't really want you there right now at the moment. But, uh, uh but uh, Kudayid's buddy, uh, Mirza Ulubeg, he decides to go over there and he talks to Vais and and he and Vais is kind of and Vais is kind of sad that Kudayid hasn't gone to Mecca or Medina yet, so he lets him go. And he allows the and he allows uh, the whole uh, pilgrimage party to return home. And in the meantime, uh, Satyak Khan is in town, and he is uh, and he's making a mess of things. So Mirza Uluk Beg uh, goes uh, goes after him and and kicks and kicks him out of the house. And then uh, Satyak later comes back. And in in the meantime, as they're trying to figure out a meeting with uh, Vase, uh, Vase actually drowns. That's not a good time. And in the meantime, uh, there's some disorder in Ch in the Chagatayid Hanate, and uh, Satyak actually dies. And a whole bunch of kids actually, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of uh, Vase Han's kids actually break up Mir Muhammad Shah, who. Uh, who Vais used to serve a little while ago, and then Amir Sayyid Ali is making some good time, so he decides to raid Kashgar, and he pursues his enemy, and he pursues his enemy by discarding his armor for more speed, and he eventually overtakes his enemy. Uh, I believe it was, uh, and uh, Isambuka Han gains a bit more power. There's a bit more infighting in the Hane. Not that there's was any less, really, but that's all right. And they and uh, Isambuka gets to Aksu, and he attacks this one, and he attacks uh, Sairam and Tashkent. That's the region. And Abu Say Mirza, he's the local ruler in the area, and he flees right before Isambuka. And he. In the meantime, tries to go all the way to Iraq, but Isambuka prevents him from going there. And he, in the meantime, he talks to Isambuka's brother, Yunus Han. And uh, Yunus is like, 
I don't want to, this is my brother, I'm going to fight him, so naturally they get a little messy. Yeah, no, they, they didn't have get-along shirts back then. <laughs> oh, definitely not, and certainly not if you're a Chinggis Prince. You are certainly not getting along with your brother. Your usual option when you're a Chinggis uh, heir is um, you're going to invite your brother, maybe to a party, and maybe you have some knives ready. Either that or you're getting him drunk and breaking his back or something. I don't know. Either way, you're getting rid of your brother. Well, you know. <laughs> so, yep. So, so, so either, so there's a lot of brotherly inviting down there. And in the meantime, we're looking at Abul Kair. Uh, and he rules over the Dashti Kipchak. And uh, and that's right and that's right around the area I believe uh, I believe just north of the just just north of uh, just north of our coverage on uh, Isambuka and his uh, feuding with Eunice and uh, and the Abu Kair he fights the Juji Sultans and then he died and and power goes to the Uzbegs and there's a little bit of chaos going around in the meantime. The Kazakh sultans also do, tried to do a bit of a takeover. It doesn't exactly work out. And uh, and, there, and so we go through a few, a few more successors. First, uh, Karai, then Baranduk, then Kazim, then, then Mimash, then Tahir. And the Kazakhs are, meanwhile, on the decline for a little bit. And there's this one guy, uh, Abu Said Mirza. He has Samarkand, and he um, and he calls on and he calls to Yunus Han. Hey, just and uh, hey, he and they have a good nice chat, and they mostly talk about uh, what's been happening with the Timurids. And uh, the Timurids have had a little, have had a lot of chaos going around ever since Timur died, and uh, Shah Rukh has become the main takeover. And uh, and and they and uh, and they have this one guy by the name of Malan Sharafuddin who uh, Yazdi who is tutoring in the uh, who's tutoring in the meantime, and Abu Said uh, takes and takes Khorasan and he tries to take Iraq. There is not much success, and Yunus visits. And he's in the meantime, and he's generally ignored by the princes. In the meantime, his brother Izambuka dies. Rest in peace. And uh, and his son uh, Dost Muhammad succeeds to the khanship, and everybody's happy for about seven years ish. And he does some good ruling for a good little while, and then he. Uh, and then he decides to actually uh, develop a crush on one of his dad's wives. Yay! <laughs> this is going. I'm sorry, that's this is it was a recipe for disaster. Oh my goodness! Did you need to predict the future? Because that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Well, I didn't predict the future. I predicted the past. That is the future for these people who live in history. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, 
and, and so our and so our good friend uh, Dos Muhammad he tries to get permission for an alliance with with his with his dad's wife and and a whole bunch of people say please do not do this please do not uh, please do not try dating your stepmom basically yeah, no, this isn't even a Billy don't be a hero. This is Billy. This is stupid. You're going to get yourself killed. <laughs> so he... You're not going to be a hero even if you win. So anyways, he's like, I'm not going to listen to you guys. He kills them all in a drunken rage. And he goes to his uh, mentor swords, Maulana. Uh, that's the ASD guy that I mentioned earlier. And he's drunk in the meantime. And, uh, and, he, and he's basically like... Is it okay for me to marry my stepmom? And uh, he says, Dos Muhammad, uh, sure, go right ahead and do that. <laughs> so Dos Muhammad, uh, oh, man. don't don't enable him. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. So Dos Muhammad gets all the wedding preparations ready. He invites his stepmom over, and then he gets sick with a fever. He gets a fever. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, Eunice is struggling with the princes, and he wants to move back. He wants to move his court to Aksu, and uh, we get some very uh, interesting news from Dust Muhammad. He's dead from the fever. Oh man, he had a fever, and I guess someone had to stop it. Apparently, it was God. <laughs> I was like, God was like, I forbid this uh, Oedipus complex, so you die. <laughs> Go! Yeah, die! We've already seen this enough times. Get this out of my face. Seriously, you know how many times I had to cringe through Egypt? <laughs> like, seriously, that was so much cringe. Like, how many times the Egyptian pharaohs have to marry their sisters yeah, before they realize it's a bad idea? What? Well, moving forward. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, uh, Turkestan fights Yunus uh, and um, by uh, attacking his camp while he's hunting. But he is not happy that somebody attacked his camp while he was out hunting. So he counters back, and many from Turkestan are slaughtered. And then Yunus uh, goes to Tashkent. In the meantime, uh, Abu Said Mirza he dies. And and Yunus Han is actually uh, uh, secretly opposed by some of uh, by some of his followers, and he is imprisoned for a year. And his wife is uh, passed around first to Mirza Omar Shaikh, then uh, and then uh, then Jamal Han, and the, and Yunus is not happy that his wife is basically pa being passed around, so. Eventually, he gets out, and he kills uh, Jamal Khan. And the and the and in the meantime, he's trying to make sure that he stays in power. And the mirrors are like, "All right, we'll agree to that, but uh, don't go to Aksu for a little while." And he agrees to that sort of. And in the meantime, uh, Kabak Sultan Oglan he. He try uh, he tries to uh, run some interference against Yunus, but uh, he's killed by his own followers, and and his followers uh, carry his head over to Yunus Han, and Yunus Han is like, well, 
I'm glad that you took these uh, took this guy off my hands, but I'm still going to kill you guys because you guys. Uh, anyway, so we're so he kills them because they because he, he tried and because they basically stole his kill, and then he marries his daughter to Omar Shaikh because they've made nice recently, and Omar is uh, and Omar talks to, uh, and they and they keep on talking for a while and they. And, and they also decide to um, end the slavery of moguls. All the, um, that means basically that they're not going to enslave any moguls who live in the area, which is good, I guess. Well, that works out. Um, the, other, well, the moguls who don't live in the area might have been had some problems with that. Yep, indeed. The moguls who did live in the area probably had some problems with that, but couldn't do much about it. <laughs> indeed. So... Um, so in the meantime, uh, Muzam Haid, uh, uh, no, wait, um, actually got the name wrong. It's Muhammad Haidar Mirza. He gets Kashgar, and they briefly talk about the good old days of Das Muhammad before he uh, decided to try to get up his stepmom's pants. Uh, those are interesting times. But anyways, and with that in mind, I believe we're going to end it here. Because I've got a lot more to cover later on, about 600 pages worth of this uh, text called the Tariki Rashidi, and we're going to return in the future with more coverage. And anyways, this has been the Mongols Podcast with uh, Samwise J. Morgenstern and my friend Madison. So anyways, uh, this has been the Mongols Podcast with uh, Samwise J. Morgenstern and, uh, and my friend Madison, and we're going to say bye hey, now. Madison. So, bye. <laughs> and have a wonderful day, everybody. As Blue Heaven will say. From horse plagues and trying to marry your stepmom. <laughs> Indeed. Well, love you guys. Uh, and bye. If you like this segment of the Mongols Podcast, be sure to follow me on Twitter at YoungBards101, like our Facebook page at History with Sam J. Morgenstern, and follow us on Tumblr at GoSJM42 on Mongol, Go SGM42 Mongol History. You can also support us on Anchor or Patreon. As always, our sources are in the description, and we also have rewards for our patrons ranging from shoutouts to polls. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And as always... Blue Heaven wills everything. <laughs>